Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. On the web at birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By the Boston Harbor Island Alliance. Minutes away, worlds apart. Go to bostonharborislands.org for more information. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 553. Got woodpeckers? Hey, we love woodpeckers, but when they're drilling into the siding of our homes, our affections may abate a bit. So what might having a computer inside your home have to do with woodpeckers trying to get inside your home? Well, it's often been suggested that one of the reasons woodpeckers drill holes in your siding is because the electrical appliances in the house can sometimes make buzzing noises that could sound to the woodpeckers like insect activity. In other words, food. Well, after some folks wrote into a Boston Globe carpentry help column asking about this, a reader recounted his experience saying that he was having a problem with downy woodpeckers drilling into his house's siding but only when he was using his computer. He would shut off the computer when he wasn't using it, and with each shutoff came a diminishing of drilling. This happened repeatedly, he said, and he finally moved his computer to an inside wall. Result, the drilling stopped, and with several weeks having passed, has not resumed. So if Downies are drilling on your dormers, you might consider moving your Mac, lest the woodpeckers think it offers an open source for their next meal. On our Talking Birds blog this week, it's a new thing that we have. Pretend for a moment that you're a migrating bird. You're heading for a patch of green vegetation where you can rest and feed before continuing on your journey. But when you arrive at that place of refuge, you find, instead of the trees and bushes and flowers that were there last year, a parking lot, an asphalt wasteland, not good, not cool. A new study in the journal Science reveals that a startling percentage of migrating birds find themselves in this predicament due to poorly coordinated conservation efforts around the world. And it's not just an annoyance for the birds. It represents a phenomenon that could lead to the extinction of bird species. You can get the whole story right now on our new blog page at TalkingBirds.com. Now, on a more positive note, although it won't start off that way, a bird conservation success story. Down on Middle Island off Victoria State in southern Australia, a local paper ran a one-word headline that said, Massacred. And below the headline was a photo of dead penguins and other birds, the latest casualties in Australia's long history of imported species decimating native wildlife. In that episode, foxes had killed 180 penguins, and the toll kept rising. By 2005, the small island's penguin population, which had once numbered 800, was down to 10. And it turns out that dozens of Australian mammal species have gone extinct since European settlers began arriving in the late 18th century, bringing cats and foxes and other predators new to the ecosystem. Well, here comes the good news. The penguins' numbers are back in the triple digits thanks to a local chicken farmer 
known as Swampy Marsh and his sheepdogs. Marsh's simple solution, use a particularly territorial breed of sheepdog to scare the foxes away. It became local legend and in September became the subject of an Australian film called Oddball, which fictionalized the story and made a lovable hero of one of the dogs. These are not uh, just any sheepdogs, by the way. They're a special breed called Maremmas. They apparently are especially self-reliant and can be left to defend a patch of land for long periods of time with a supply of food and water that they know not to eat all at once. During the summer when foxes pose the greatest danger to the penguins, the dogs can stay on the island for several days in a row watching over the birds and they've learned to treat the penguins like any other kind of livestock to be defended and not harmed. The new strategy is now being tried elsewhere in Victoria, Australia, in hopes of protecting other indigenous species from non-native predators like foxes and feral cats. Man's and penguin's best friend to the rescue down under. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, here's what's going on on our Facebook page this week. 270 birds, one gigantic life-sized mural. It's a spectacular work of art created for the centennial of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. From egg to flight, watch a baby American robin go from hatching to flying from the nest in 80 seconds. Learn the real truth about how birds fly in formation. And watch your humble Talking Birds host try to fly like a bird when he straps himself into a virtual reality gizmo called Birdly. You won't believe it until you see it. It's all right now there on our Talking Birds Facebook page. And now we defy the season and head north to Alberta, Canada to hear about owls and grosbeaks and new birding apps from our Charlotte Wasilik in her Charlotte's weblog. Good morning, Charlotte. What's up? Good morning, Ray. I saw a snowy owl last weekend and took some photos of it with my new Nikon 200 to 500 millimeter lens. The owl was very cooperative and I'm very happy with the shots I got. I have some of the snowy owl photos on my blog, which you can find at prairiebirder.com. The eBird mobile app for Android was released earlier this week. The app allows you to enter your eBird sightings from anywhere in the world, even if you don't have cell reception. You can download the app for free at the Google Play Store. Wondering what birds are being seen in Winnipeg, Manitoba recently? Young birder Josiah writes about the winter birds he's been seeing and shares his great photos of evening grosbeaks, great horned owls, and pine grosbeaks. You can read Josiah's post on his blog, birdsinyourbackyard.blogspot.ca. That's all for this week, Ray. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Charlotte. That's our Charlotte's weblog for today. Don't forget to check out Charlotte's blog online at the new address there, Prairie Birder. Dot com. 
Well, here's our conservation salute of the week. It doesn't get much bigger than this. The representatives of 195 countries who late last night in the Paris suburb of Le Bouget reached a landmark climate agreement that will, for the first time, commit nearly every country on the planet to lowering greenhouse gas emissions and help stave off the most drastic effects of climate change. Delegates who had been negotiating intensely for two weeks gathered for the final plenary session last night where the chairman uh, chairman asked for opposition to the deal and hearing none, declared it approved. And with that, the delegates achieved what had been unattainable for two decades, a consensus on the need to move away from carbon-based fuels and a roadmap for the 195 nations to do so. The new agreement calls for these countries to return to the negotiating table every five years beginning in 2020 when countries would be required to propose tougher plans. Well, the final deal didn't please all environmentalists and scientists, and some countries had hoped for more, but the agreement got the ball rolling for further efforts to slow the downward slide toward an unlivable planet. So our conservation salute to the representatives of all those 195 countries involved. Still to come on our show today, our man Mike O'Connor, bird feeding expert extraordinaire from Cape Cod's Bird Watchers General Store, will answer the question, where are my scratchers and how can I get them back? We'll meet a fierce raptor whose prey can run but can't hide even under the snow. That's today's mystery bird. There's a little clue for it. And up next, the theme from a famous movie about a southern plantation will introduce us to a bird from up north. It's today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Let's see. Willow Ptarmigan. Sounds like a female character. Gone with the wind, maybe. Hi. I'm Willow Tom again, from Atlanta. But you'd be hard-pressed to find this Willow Ptarmigan in the Peach State. In fact, Alaska is the only U.S. state where you're likely to encounter the bird. And Alaska seems to be pretty proud of that. The Willow Ptarmigan has been its state bird since 1955. The Willow Ptarmigan <clears throat> is a medium to large, thick-bodied, chicken-like bird with a short, rounded tail. The male is a barred, rusty brown in the summer with white wings. The female is mostly a warm brown, but also with white wings. Both male and female are pure white in winter, except for a black tail border. The willow is the largest and most numerous of the three ptarmigan species, the others being the rock ptarmigan and the white-tailed ptarmigan, which is the only one of the three that ranges down into the lower 48. Maybe most unforgettable about the willow ptarmigan are the rather bizarre sounds made by the male of the species, like this. You might hear that sound in Anchorage, but never in Atlanta. It's the willow ptarmigan. Lagopus, Lagopus, today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend.
More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year, illegally. Poaching is just one of the risks animals face at our hands. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor. I grew up in the beautiful rural countryside of Ohio, where animals roamed freely in the open forests. I have a deep concern to help preserve those open spaces for our wildlife friends so they can live and thrive like they used to. Destruction of their habitats threaten their very existence. The best way to protect wildlife is to protect the land where they live. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust works with private landowners to protect wildlife, to preserve natural habitats, and establish permanent sanctuaries. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE. Or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Thanks again for being with us for our show, number 553. We hope you'll uh, check us out on our new website, relatively new, TalkingBirds.com, and our quite new blog that you'll find there on our website. And please do follow us on Talking Birds, on uh, Facebook, that is, and Twitter, at Talking Birds. Up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Did you know that winter is when backyard birds need our help the most? Birds' energy demands are huge in the cold weather, and natural food sources are scarce, especially during snow and ice storms. Here's an idea. As you're stocking up on winter supplies for yourself, pick up a feeder and wild bird food for your backyard songbirds. Look for the Audubon Park brand, a top choice among bird lovers for more than 40 years. This season, try the brand's new songbird selections with NutriThrive line, which is enhanced with vitamins, minerals, and essential fatty acids that birds need but that have become scarce in the natural world. Like Audubon Park Bird Food on Facebook to join the conversation about feeding the birds. Audubon Park's products are made in the USA and meet the highest quality and safety standards in the industry. And Audubon Park's products are easy to find at your supermarket, lawn and garden store, farm and feed market, and online retailers. For more information, visit AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Get some for your backyard birds today. Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. That's birds.cornell.edu. Well, you're eligible here on the Mystery Bird Contest if you haven't been a winner here in the past six months. And if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live... Well, uh, here's a way to do it. You can enter our Mystery Bird Contest and hear our show live wherever you are um, online. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and see how easy it is to do that. That's TalkingBirds.com and no G in talking. The number to call here on our Mystery Bird Contest, please call us as early as you can at 781 837 That's 781 837 our prize today is uh, one of the bird feeders that people really go kind of gaga over. It's the Droll Yankees Winner Multipurpose Window-Mounted Feeder. This lets you see the birds right up close, practically right next to the birds, with three strong suction cups that attach this feeder right to your window. Open sides and clear UV-stabilized plastic construction provides an unobstructed view. It's a really cool feeder. That is our prize on our mystery bird contest this morning. And here is the sound of our mystery bird.
Our mystery bird is a large hunter in the northern forests with a wingspan of about two and a half feet. It has a long tapered tail, short pointed wings, and a white face with a black border, yellow eyes and bill and feathered legs. Our bird, which feeds on small mammals and sometimes small birds, is a fast and agile flyer that can hunt by day or night. Its hearing is so acute that it can take prey that's completely concealed by snow. That's our mystery bird. What do you think it is? If you know, well, certainly tell us. Otherwise, take a guess at it from those clues. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner of that beautiful Drill Yankees Winner, multi-purpose, window-mounted feeder, the W1. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Meanwhile, has anybody seen my scratchers? The topic for our Let's Ask Mike segment with Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's Birdwatch's General Store. And that's Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Public ferry service to the Boston Harbor Islands has ended for the season, but you can still visit the beautiful Boston Harbor Islands peninsulas open year-round. World's End in Hingham, Deer Island in Winthrop, Webb Memorial Park in Weymouth, and Nut Island in Quincy. They're connected to the mainland and accessible by car, offering stunning views of Boston Harbor and its islands, plus birding, hiking, biking, and cross-country skiing. Enjoy your national park all year long. For more information, please visit bostonharborislands.org. Here on Talking Birds Now, a message from our friends at Ducks Unlimited. Since 1937, Ducks Unlimited has been a world leader in wetlands conservation, ensuring safe passage for nature's most beautiful creations, protection against flooding, and sanctuary for the human soul. If we don't want to grow old in a world without wild places, we must speak up, we must step up, so that we may fill the skies for generations to come. Here comes this morning's installment of Let's Ask Mike with Mike O'Connor, Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orlean. Good morning, uh, Orleans. Orleans. <laughs> I've left with that name. Too. Left the S off for savings, but that's a thing. That's different. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, this one says, Hi, Mike, and happy holidays. A few years back, my husband and I used a mixed seed. This is like a true confessions kind of thing. <clears throat> the cheapest we could find to fill our feeders. After reading your fabulous book, Whoa. we use only sunflower seed <clears throat> in the feeders and thistle in its proper feeder. Here's the dilemma. When using the mix, we seem to get more ground feeders like towhees, juncos, etc. Using the sunflower, no mix, there's not so many scratchers around. Should we be throwing some seed on the ground? I especially miss... <clears throat> My towhees. Um, I think what you can do, and, and this is a little bit of a problem, I always go with single ingredients, and I'm not going to mm. change from that, but in the feeder sunflower seeds, um, on, on the ground, it's, and, I, and I put um, a mixture on the ground just for that reason. Mm. Now, you, you're not going to get towhees now probably anyways because most of them are gone, but uh. the juncos are around that uh, for sure and some white-throated sparrows, so you get some sparrows. But um, the, the, the ultimate best way is to always stick with single ingredients. So if you identify birds eating white millet or corn or, or whatever, sprinkle those separately. Now, finding single ingredients is, ne is not usually easy, mm -hmm. so a lot of people just take the mixture and sprinkle that on the ground. 
And that's fine. The downside of that, if they, if you've got juncos eating all your millet and no one's eating the corn, you end up with a lot of leftover corn on the ground. So you've got to kind of a little bit be careful to regulate it. Um, but the, I do the same thing. I take the, the lazy route. Sunflower goes in the feeder, and then I broadcast, take a, a handful of seed and broadcast it on the ground for the ground scratches, just like you said. That's fine. Um, and that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, never wouldn't put the mixture in the feeder, but you can toss it on the ground. But you got to be careful that you don't end up with one not eat, eaten ingredient just kind of mm. turning rotten on the ground. So might experiment a little bit. With, yeah, you yeah. could do that if, if everything's going down. Then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you find you get a lot of yellow, identify what that is, and then maybe either get a mix that doesn't have that, or again, buy just a, one ingredient that's just disappearing. Like if you just buy separate millet and toss that on. That's just a little bit more difficult to find. We don't even sell that separately. Well, there you go, Helen and Jim. See you next week, Mike. Okay, right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Got a question for Mike? Well, by all means, uh, send it in, and uh, Mike will answer the question in his inimitable fashion. And by the way, if you'd also like a signed copy of Mike's newest book, that's Why Do Bluebirds Hate Me? Well, just include your mailing address when you send your question in to Mike. Pretty easy to do. Just email it to ray at talkingbirds.com. Ray at TalkingBirds.com. Meanwhile, we return to the mystery bird contest and trying to identify this mystery bird. Sounds like a much smaller bird that we're familiar with uh, over much the northern part of the U.S., most of the U.S., but this is a large hunter of the northern forest way, way up north there. With a wingspan of about two and a half feet, it has a long tapered tail, short pointed wings, and a white face with a black border. Yellow eyes, yellow bill, and feathered legs. Our bird feeds on small mammals and sometimes birds. It's a fast and agile flyer that can hunt by day or night. Its hearing is so acute that it can take prey that's completely concealed by snow. What do you think it is? 781-837-4900 would be the number to call to say. 781-837-4900. Four nine hundred. Vivian is way out there in New Mexico, where you would probably never see this bird. I'm pretty sure about that. Good morning, Vivian. Hello. How are you, Vivian? Good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. What do you think our mystery bird is, Vivian? Um, the snowy owl. Snowy owl. Kind of a top quality guess. That is certainly a bird that hunts and finds its prey under the snow and is way up north. Although they're Coming down here at this time of the year, but not a snowy owl. Okay. Thank you, Vivian. Yeah, we're getting a lot of reports, by the way, of snowy owls here in New England. You may recall a couple of years ago, we had the biggest incursion of snowy owls in something like 50 years. They were all the way down to the southern states and even Bermuda. So we'll be seeing how they're doing. This uh, particular bird, by the way, that we're trying to identify as our mystery bird, sometimes finds its way into the northern United States in certain winters when food is scarce up north. What is our mystery bird? 781-837-4900, that beautiful Droll Yankees multipurpose window-mounted feeder is our prize. And Joe is in, uh, does that say Braintree, Massachusetts? That's what it is. Good morning, Joe. Hello there, Joe. Hello, Joe and Braintree. I know they've been having trouble with the red line uh, in the Braintree area, but I don't think that's part of the problem here. Uh, yeah, if you're somewhere away from um, New England, you, you may not have heard the story about uh, a runaway subway train 
in Boston just the other day. It traveled for miles with no conductor, nobody driving the train. Fortunately, no one was injured, well, except for the driver who had stepped out of the train and apparently didn't, uh, didn't uh, you know, secure the train properly. He got a minor injury, but he is okay. All right, I think we have Joe in Braintree. Are you, are you there, Joe? Yes, Ray. Can you hear me? Well, I can hear you just fine. Are you, All did, right, good. Were you having trouble on the red line? or? No, I wasn't on the red line, thank <laughs> God. But, uh, uh, thank God nobody got hurt. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, what do you yeah, say, Joe? I was, yeah? I was guessing the snowy owl because I saw one here when, uh, a couple of years ago. I had some nice pictures of it. And uh-huh. I, I didn't know what the sound was like, but I, uh, that was going to be my guess. But, yeah. Uh, somebody else did it, I guess. Yeah, somebody already used that one up there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything else that would, that yeah. would come to mind that that would. Yeah. Our, I, I imagine it might be some kind of a hawk, but I can't think of any name that would fit that description. I'll offer another clue to say it is not a hawk. Oh, so I think you were you were really on the right track, if you don't mind me using the word track uh, with uh, what's been going no, on up there. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the train stayed on the track, it was uh, Yeah, exactly. That's that's always a good right. thing. I enjoy the show, Ray. I, I uh, listen to it every Sunday morning. I'm at work. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. We have two guesses for Snowy Owl here. We're determined for it to be a Snowy Owl, but it, it is not. But we just gave a little extra clue there indicating that it is not a hawk. So... Um, well, that should lead you uh, back to uh, being close to what our mystery bird is. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And our Droll Yankees multi-purpose window feeder is the, uh, is the prize there. Our mystery bird, a large hunter of the northern forests with a wingspan of about two and a half feet, a long tapered tail, short pointed wings, a white face with a black border, yellow eyes and bill and feathered legs. Feeds on mammals and sometimes birds. What is it? 781-837-4900 is the number. Zach is in Duxbury, Massachusetts. Good morning, Zach. Well, I actually got Jeff in Alston. <laughs> oh, we got Jeff in Alston instead of Zach. Well, you're, you're going to have to fill in for Zach then. What do you say it is, uh, Jeff? I'm take a wild guess. Hmm? Northern Hawk Owl. Is that a wild guess? That's a wild guess. That is an absolutely fabulous wild guess. No kidding. I finally <laughs> got one. Wow. I'm going to give you a little extra <laughs> round of applause there. Yes, indeed. Nice going there, Jeff. A northern hawk owl. Exactly right. A fierce uh, bird, if you've ever seen one. we got to put a picture up of one on our Facebook page there. That is a kind of a wild bird. And, uh, and uh, Jeff, you sound so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. That's great. So, good job. And if you'll stay on the line, we will... We'll get your address, and we'll send you that uh, Droll Yankees feeder. You got a good window to put that on? I certainly do. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jeff. That's Jeff in Alston, Massachusetts, correctly identifying the northern hawk owl. Uh, we wouldn't expect this bird to wander way down into the southern states here in the U.S., or certainly not to Bermuda, as the, some snowy owls did a, a couple of years ago. Uh, however, this uh, is a bird that uh, may erupt southward into southern Canada and the northern U.S. So if you're anywhere in those places, you might keep an eye on it. I'm not sure what the food supply situation is this year for northern hawk owls. We'll have to look into that because that would uh, have a lot to do with whether this bird comes down into southern Canada and the northern U.S. The Amazon's rainforest is being cut down so fast that by 2030, 55% of it could be completely wiped out. The Earth's forests can't speak up when they need help. But we can. Visit worldwildlife.org.
Right now, you're probably asking yourself, when did modern birds first take flight? This is something new. A new study from the Department of Ornithology at New York's American Museum of Natural History says the answer is... The envelope, please. Whoa. 95 million years ago. And it was in South America. A feathery common ancestor of everything from eagles to northern hawk owls to hummingbirds laid the groundwork for its innumerable descendants. When an asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula about 66 million years ago, it killed off the non-avian dinosaurs. So so-called modern birds in South America survived and rapidly diversified. The researchers found that these modern South American birds then moved to other parts of the world via land bridges, diversifying during periods of global cooling. They examined climate, too, and found that bird diversification increased during cool periods and dropped during warm periods. You can find the whole story there at LiveScience.com. That's LiveScience.com. We have just about exhausted, in fact, entirely exhausted our time for our program here this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Let us know how we're doing. Email us at any time at Ray at TalkingBirds.com. And please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. The executive producer of Talking Birds is Mark Duffield. Our associate producer is Debbie Bleacher. Our engineer this morning, Larry Nelson. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. On the web at birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By the Boston Harbor Island Alliance. Minutes away, worlds apart. Go to bostonharborislands.org for more information. Thank <laughs> you.